everyone! Welcome to another episode of Kumusta Kumare, the monthly podcast of Napisev Persama-sama Project Philippine Team. Hi, my name is Rochelle, a member of Napisev Philippine Team and currently engaged in research about the sex trade and tourism here in Angeles City. And I'm Emma, also with Napisev Philippines, focusing my work on women workers in the south of Luzon. And I'm Mira Yusuf, Napisev U.S.-based staff. A quick information about NAPISEV or the National Asian and Pacific Islander Ending Sexual Violence. We are a U.S.-based organization and our mission is to end sexual violence in the Asian and Pacific Islander or API communities and to build healthy communities through transformative justice and social change. Last year, we started the Bersama Sama project in the Philippines, Indonesia and Guam in order for immigrant, refugee, settler communities from Asia and the Pacific to connect to their home countries. By building this relationship, communities will be able to both reconnect with traditional cultural practices and share movement building strategies. So Komusta Komare is Bersama Sama Philippines team podcast and a way for our team to discuss issues facing women and girls in the Philippines. Kumusta, Kumaring Mira and Kumaring Emma. It's so good to be back. Our listeners might be wondering why we weren't able to do our podcast last month. Well, don't worry, we're still here. So what happened was I got sick, yes, with COVID-19. I only had mild symptoms, but it was crazy with six out of 13 of us in our household who caught the virus. Anyways, next week, we will be doing an episode about my COVID-19 experience as well as some pandemic updates here in the Philippines. Oh, nga. I'm so happy you're back, Rochelle, and healthy. To be honest, I really miss our podcast. It's one of the highlights of my month uh, recording for our podcast. So to the thousands of listeners of our podcast, <laughs> we're back. We're back. (laughs) I am also glad that you are back, Rochelle, because I think you are the holder of the podcast since you're the expert of this work. You're the expert in doing all of this, the recording, the editing, everything. Me and Emma, nope, we have no idea how to do this. So I'm so glad you're back. We're so happy to to be back. Okay, so what are we doing for this episode, Mira? So for this episode, well, we are in conversation with Moro People's Corps or Moro PCOR, a Mindanao-based organization that Napisev is supporting under our Bersama Sama project. So quick information about Moro PCOR. It is a community organization. Okay, so what Moro PCOR means is the core means, of course, we love those, uh, what do you call this? Acronyms. Oh my God. Yes. A lot of a lot of us loves acronyms, right? So core means community organization for reform and empowerment. So it's Moro Community Organization for Reform and Empowerment. So it is a nonprofit organization working for community empowerment and peace through education, organization, and mobilization. 
Its mission is to reach out, educate, organize, and mobilize the community for empowerment. It believes that through grassroots efforts, a genuine uh, peace can be realized through dialogue, mediation, negotiation, consultation, and meaningful talk. So basically, it's a lot of conversation in order to build that peace within the Moro community or within the communities in Mindanao. It was officially founded in 2011, although the conceptualization of the organization began two years earlier. So we have invited uh, Zainab Ampatuan and Siti Ivy Ampatuan to have conversation, and Rochelle was the one who interviewed them. So maybe let's listen to it. Yep. Kamusta mga kumare, kumaring Zainab, kumaring Ivy? How are you this afternoon? Yes, good afternoon. We're doing well. We're fine. That's good. We are so happy to have you with us so that we can learn a lot of things about what is going on with the moral women and girls over there. In um, Where exactly are you right now? We're in the Moro People's Court office right now, uh, here in Cabacan, North Cotabato. And actually, heavy rain is pouring right now. So I don't think if uh, we can get a very clear signal for the next few minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> so, so we better hurry. No? <laughs> can we start with maybe if you can tell us something about yourself? Uh, maybe you first, Ivy, and then Zainab next. Okay, so I am Seti Ivy Ampatuan. I started my voluntary works with more people score since 2012 when I entered second year college. So my good friend, Ayesha, sister of Mam Zainab, introduced more people's score to the entire class. We decided to volunteer and explore what we can do for our communities and for the young people in North Cotabato. It was a thrilling experience and that was the start of my volunteer works with more people's core and until now i engage myself with a lot of activities and community works with this organization i think i grew up with more people's core i mean my skills and my abilities when it comes to community organizing are really prosper with more people's core what do you do professionally when you're not doing volunteer work I am a teacher by profession, and now I'm currently part of the UNIOM, International Organization for Migration, for a short contract only. But on regular days, I'm with more people's core. I lend my time in volunteering in different activities and programs under more people's core. I'm Zainab Ampatuan, same with Ivy's family name. Sometimes we joke that this is an Ampatuan organization because with us also is my sister, my niece, and the rest of Ivy and Ayesha's classmates. Um, since yeah. Then. <laughs> yeah, I noticed yes. that. I was wondering how are you guys related? <laughs> <laughs> we share the same family name. We're, we're trying to trace our roots now. Uh, if 
we came from one root or what. It just so happened that Ivy and uh, Ayesa, it's a good friend and also classmate since uh, first year college. So I think 30 plus of them are active volunteers of Moro People's Corps. So Moro P Corps was founded in 2011. Um, and a year or months after the operation, their group started to volunteer. And Moro P Corps basically is working in partnership with different um, institutions uh, here in Kabakan and um, in the province of North Cotabato. So I'm basically... Um, the one who is in charge for the operation of Morapi Corps. We continue to do the community organizing work, especially this time or starting last year, we are focused into a campaign on ending uh, sexual violence. So just recently, we also had a series of community sessions with uh, Moro women leaders in some of the Morapi Corps areas. Uh, this is called Bindag Kababayan. It's a Magindanaon term, means a stand of the women. It's a series of community sessions on violence against women and uh, bridging leadership for participatory governance um, orientation. This is basically inspired of the NAPICEF. Since we started like working with NAPICEF for the Bersama Sama project, we are like because Moro Picor has five programs, and this time we are like really focusing into the women issues and concern. And this series is really focused into a series on discussing women uh, issues in the communities where Moro Picor is um, doing the work. The data that was shared uh, coming from one of the PNP personnel in Tabacan, she mentioned that basically the rape case and other form of uh, violence abuses against women increased during the pandemic. So the first session that we had, we invited the PNP to share to the participants the um, update or information um, on the cases um, uh, reported to their office. So that's the reported cases. We don't know yet the unreported um, cases of abuses and violence. So one of the realizations during the session is like, there is really a need to focus on the issues and concern of women because the recent cases here in Kabakan we had is gang rape. We can consider that as a gang rape uh, incident and also an incest or really rape mm. uh, where the perpetrators are father of mm. the victim. So we started the first series in September 12, mm. and the gang rape happened September 13. So it was wow. really like a, a big, I, I can even happy, I said happy birthday to Ivy last September 14, because we had the session September 12, and then the girl like rape on September 13, and her body found on September 14 during Ivy's birthday. So it kind of um, shocked the group. Why is this um, happening, particular here in Kabatan? So the yeah. rape uh, murder incident occurred in the ex exact location where you guys are, where you are organizing? Not necessarily um, mm. where Moro is organizing, but 
that exactly where Ivy is living. Oh, wow. She's from Barangay Malanduagi. The incident happened in that same barangay. Oh. So, how did you feel about that, Ivy? You live just within that area and did you know the person or, or the uh, family um actually i was also shocked when i heard the news yeah i knew the girl actually was a relative of mine i questioned actually myself um why such things are happening in communities and we keep on working hard on community organizing and uh, formulating activities to inform the women, to acquaint women on their rights and on, on the policies concerning them. And so it was heartbreaking, actually. I was really sad. Yes. Even, uh, because prior to that, prior to the gang rape, two weeks before the gang rape, uh, there was a massacre of nine men here in Kabakan. So uh, that day, actually, I texted or I chatted Ma'am Zainab that why is it that there are inhumane activities like this where in fact we're actually doing a lot of activities, a lot of programs to inform our constituents. I think we need to intensify our uh, awareness campaign, our uh, activities. So, in your main activities, like that of the massacre and the rape, what happened again? Based on your work in the community, so of course now we know that the issue of sexual violence against women is a very important issue that must be tackled, especially now. But what are the major issues and concerns of Moro women and children based on the initial work or the work that you have been doing with Moro PCOR uh, since 2012? Um, first and foremost, it's the structural violence that's really happening in the community. I think when I entered Moro People's Core in 2012, I understand that the rampant poverty is really happening. The people in the area experiencing this poverty, this is the root actually of the series of the different sexual violence like early marriage, teenage pregnancy. Those are the, the problems that are really present in the different areas in Kabakan where Moro People's Core is operating. So illiteracy of the mothers are root cause because they were IDPs or internal displaced persons. They were children of wars. So they moved from one place to another. Like our beneficiaries, our Lignum learners in Kuyapon, most of them were from Piquet, North Catabato. It's a neighbor municipality. It's actually a war zone. So they moved from Piquet to Kabakan. So because of their experience during the war, they were deprived of the education that they need. Most of them were not sent to school. So because of the lack of education, they opted to, to be the parents in their very young age. So it's actually a series of violence. I think it's a complex problem that is very present in the community. I don't know how to 
pinpoint on the particular cause or effect of this particular problem, but it's a circus of violence that is present in the community. Of course, the Philippines in general, as we all know, has a very high poverty incidence. But why do you think the island of Mindanao is home to what? at least 10 out of the 20 poorest provinces that we have in our country. Why do you think this is? One is the cycle of conflict in many parts of Mindanao. This cycle of conflict in Mindanao has a lot of um, different issues and concerns that people are suffering because of the series of evacuation that uh, several families um, in Mindanao, I've been experiencing resulted to literacy, to damage of their property, the problem of like their access um, to livelihood and all other programs and projects of the government makes it more difficult for the most of the families in Mindanao. For example, even in the areas where there's no um, series of war uh, that is happening. Um, one example is uh, Lanao areas itself. The Marawi siege um, happened just in 2019. But even before the Marawi siege, most of the uh, Marano brothers and sisters keep on like transferring from one place to the other uh, because of economic problems. So the issue of uh, survival source of income. For us here in North Cotabato, um, most of the Maguindanaons here are engaged into farming and uh, fishing, but there are no concrete programs and projects uh, being implemented or the families cannot access to these uh, pro projects and programs that uh, can support um, to these forms of um, livelihood. So, Ivy was saying that it's really like a, a complicated um, uh, issues and concern when it comes to like uh, moral communities. At first, when we had our like brainstorming on this particular campaign on ending um, sexual violence against uh, women, uh, at first, it's very hard to focus on this issue because there are a lot of basic issues being raised by the organized women in the area, such as the, the potable source of water, electricity, farm-to-market road, even the CR, the issue on sanitation. So um, there are a lot of communities as of this time that still have this kind of issues that needs to be addressed. And so uh, at first, um, there is... Uh, kind of uh, hesitation to like, I mean, to focus uh, on the discussion um, without uh, discussing the basic uh, issues that the this uh, more communities are uh, facing. But we also realized during the the series of discussion that really the violence um, against women are also like very present and is really existing. In the Moro community, like for uh, one basic example is uh, the issue of having more than one uh, 
um, wife, no, um, the the issue of duaya. So there were like participants during the sessions who shared um, about their um, experiences. Uh, it's it's more of a psychological and mental um, violence uh, against them, um, and also like um, most of the organized women in the area because of the issue of poverty and the cycle of conflict with their communities they keep on like um, going back to zero in terms of what do you call that economic status and they can hardly build a really good and secured houses so most of these houses of the um, organized uh, morris in the areas are like they have one box house. All the family activities is there. Like they will eat there, they will sleep there. So the security within the family, like if, if your daughter aged to like seven years old, she should have her own room. But in most of the Moro communities, everybody will share in one place in everything from eating to sleeping. And yeah, these this issues inspire us more to work more, really engage into education campaign, organizing work, um, because whether we like it or not, we are also part of our communities. So if we will stop uh, educating, if we will stop organizing, the problem that we are experiencing will just be a cycle of different forms of violence. And to end this cycle of violence um our work with napisef is very important our partnership with napisef through the bersama sama project um, particularly like looking into how to protect uh, women and children in our communities is very important So I remember during the presidential elections in 2016 and being somebody from Mindanao, one of the biggest campaign promises of President Duterte was peace, prosperity and development for Mindanao. So like four years into the Duterte administration, what is your assessment in terms of peace and development in Mindanao? Honestly, we can't feel it yet. The cycle of violence is still there. The ongoing skirmishes from time to time, like war in different uh, municipalities in the province of Cortabato is still going on. Like most of the promises campaign in 2016, we cannot really feel it yet in our communities. I don't know with Ivy, but some, if not most, are like frustrated now with what is happening. Mm. In some part of Mindanao, I think build, build, build program is present, but specifically in our province, I don't think there is a very clear, tangible project of the administration right now on the infrastructure projects of the government. I think it will depend on the efforts of our, our representatives in the Congress. But as of the moment, there are several barangays that are receiving infrastructure. But on the programs on social services, 
on livelihood, economic empowerment, it's more likely the same with the past administration, I think. So I don't think if there is much effort from, with all due respect to the administration, it is not felt in the communities. Projects on agriculture, on economic empowerment, it's similar from one administration to, to another. Pare-pareho lang po. Wala namang pinagbago. There is no new programs given to them. Hindi naman po dama. Naina, what are some of your ano, major campaigns now for women specifically? Moro Picor is uh, focused particularly on the illiteracy um, concern um, in Moro Picor areas. And uh, we're like addressing this through the adult literacy and numeracy class sessions um, in different barangays. And we make sure in the module uh, being used by the Litnum teachers to integrate the issues and concern of women and make sure also that the other components or other programs and projects of the Moro people is being discussed in the entire module. We're not only focusing in one particular aspect, but it's more holistic. We're not just like giving trainings and uh, education, but also having intervention on the livelihood aspect, on peace and development, issues and concern on environment. Number one, also that we need to focus is like capacitating community leaders, uh, the basic commodity now, not just in North Cotabato, but the entire country, the basic issue of the farmer, which is like the very low price of their uh, products. We've been hearing this from different uh, farmer organizations, not just in Moro people areas, but in the entire province. And this has to do with uh, the kind of leaders that we have, the kind of legislation that they are crafting, and this is also as connection to what's happening in the global market. For example, the issue of privatization, issue of deregulation, uh, the tarification issue with regards to the price of the products of the farmer. So it's very hard for us to like uh, just focus into one uh, program and project. But we're also like thankful for the Bersama Sama project in partnership with NAPISEP because with this project, we are given like focus on addressing how to end the sexual abuses and violence also in Moro areas. So we will continue doing the education campaign through the adult literacy and numeracy class sessions and also through fora and other forms of trainings both in the communities and out of school um, um, activities and not just in Kabakan but um, the entire province. Since the need to pursue literacy and numeracy to the communities, oh, I nakikita talaga na more people score. But because of the pandemic, we can't have or we can't conduct our classes uh, weekly to the mothers in the communities. So because we need also to follow the protocols of the Department of Health. So the office now is producing uh, modules and a more people score is 
lack of resources when it comes to providing modules every week uh, for our learners. So we appeal to our partners and our fellow peace and development workers if they can lend their helping hands to our women in the communities, then we can pursue our literacy and numeracy classes for them. We need uh, office supplies like bond papers, additional printer, additional ink, additional crayons. Uh, we had our campaign actually last a month, uh, Adapt a Litum Learner campaign. For 100 pesos, you can adopt one Litum Learner and provide her with complete set of school supplies. So we're into modular uh, modalities now. Part of our campaign is to provide our uh, literacy and numeracy learners a module so once a week we can give them uh, modules and retrieve them on the weekends so if there are helping hands then our office is very welcome to receive those donations for our women learners Our literacy and numeracy is a flagship program of Moral People's Core. This was designed to provide the basic literacy and arithmetic to the less privileged Bangsamoro women, specifically Bangsamoro mothers, in the far-flung villages of in the municipality of Kabakan. Some of our beneficiaries also were senior citizens who weren't able to enter in a formal secular education because they were IDPs or internally displaced persons. Nagsabi sila na they really think more people score because at least they know how to do the basic coloring na sa mga modules. They can write simple letters lang. So it's a big help for them. So on our part, sa more people score, the need to pursue this project talaga kasi maliit man siyang pakinggan but it's a transformative activity to the communities. I mean, since literacy and numeracy is not just for the basic literacy and numeracy but also we incorporated lectures to empower these women in the rural areas like reproductive health in the context of Islam and a lot more empowering lectures for the women in the communities. Right now, with the series of community sessions that uh, we are uh, doing now to end uh, violence against uh, women, we're also like discussing um, in the team on how are we going to influence uh, uh, policies, um, uh, particularly here in Kabakan and in the entire province, on how to protect uh, women's rights uh, in general. The team also is involved in crafting the Moro Code in the province of Cotabato. So in the workshops that we did, we make sure uh, the basic issues and concern of the women uh, will be included in the Moro Code. We will continue to do this uh, advocacy and um, campaign, uh, not just in the Moro Picor areas, but together with our partners, um, from the local government unit and the academic institutions uh, here in Kabakan and the entire province 
we will continue to um, reach out and uh, educate our communities and influence uh, the policies uh, being implemented um, in protecting um, our women and children. Can you tell me more about the Moro Code? Moro Code is a proposed policy in the province of Cotabato. It was designed actually, I think, designed by the Ampatuas of Kabakan. <laughs> Uh, it's our team in Moro People's Core <laughs> Design the entire uh, skeleton po nung code. It's a policy, it's a proposed policy to the Sangguniang Panalawigan of uh, North Cotabato. It's a policy that will, it will protect more the rights and the welfare of the Moro people in North Cotabato as well as it will actually provide necessary activities and programs that the Bangsamoro people will benefit. So we need a certain policy na mas mapapalakas pa po yung mga programs and madadirect yung lahat ng problems ng mga Bangsamoro people from women to the madrasa sector to our farmers to the Bangsamoro children. So yun po yung goal we all like receive a letter coming from the provincial government that they are um, resuming the fourth plenary and the workshop uh, session by next week, October 13 to 14. So um, it has also been a series of uh, plenary and workshops uh, we did before, but because of the pandemic and the change of administration in the provincial government. So. Um, they're just pushing it to like um, have the final workshop in the, um, soon for uh, presentation to the uh, Sangguniang Tandalawigan for approval. And um, we're, we're really like um, expecting for the approval of this and we will be very much uh, visible in the implementation phase of this moral code because um, that that what uh, makes us like uh, keep on working and uh, uh, sort of inspire that the structure of governance in North Cotabato will like allocate budget to mm. this uh, program. Like um, from a simple uh, projects and programs being implemented by Moro before to its Moro Picor areas. But because of this code, uh, the entire province can access to the proposed uh, programs and projects that we uh, made sure that it will be incorporated in the entire model code, the institutionalization of the, the programs in moral areas, not just in Kabakan, but in the entire province of North Wow. Amazing. Galing naman. <laughs> Good luck for us. Final words, kasi curfew na kayo. An appreciation to NAPISIM, specifically on the Bersama Sama project, for reaching out more people's core to implement a certain project, pave way to more meaningful activities conducted in the areas, and also it paved way to the realization of the conduct of 
the literacy and numeracy program of Moro People's Corps that links into more empowering activities to our Bangsamoro women in the communities. We will continue to look for partners locally and internationally so that we can push through the vision and mission of the Moro People's Corps. At the same time, we can help in empowering our communities. So thank you very much and good afternoon. Maraming salamat. Thank you for supporting more people's course of operation. It's uh, because of the NAPICEP support through uh, the Bersama Sama project we were able to operate last year, 2019, and we're looking forward for a more longer partnership with uh, NAPICEP to really like uh, continue our community organizing work to realize the Morophy Corps' mission, which is to empower our communities to have a self-determining and self-governing Moro and IP communities um, through our mission, um, which is to reach out, uh, organize, mobilize, and uh, organize through our programs and uh, projects. So um, our heartfelt thanks to NAPICEF and uh, we're looking forward for a more comprehensive partnership to finally end sexual violence in our communities. Wow. Thank you, Zainab. Thank you, Ivy. We are so looking forward to meeting you guys in person. <laughs> Pag natapos na ito, gustong gusto na naming pumunta dyan at magbiyahe. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Ingat. Stay safe. The work of Moro Picor is very impressive. I have so much respect for Zainab and Ivy and all the women of Moro people in Kabakan working with them. What really struck me is how complicated the problems that Moro women are facing and how Moro Picor, with its limited resources and staff, is able to handle those things. It is like being in the middle of badly tangled thread. You're trying to find the ends to be able to weave a beautiful mandala. I also love how they call their listening sessions the stand of the women or tindegnu kababayan. It is very active and declarative. The image is so vivid. Women standing together, arms linked for what they stand for. Uh, the struggle of the Bangsamoro for self-determination is older than Nur Miswari or Hashim Salamat. It goes way, way back during the Spanish colonization of the Philippines. In fact, one of the oldest structures in Manila, I know you know it also, Intramuros, is a testament to the fierce battles fought by the Moros of Manila to drive the Spaniards away from the now Philippine Islands. I have never met an old Moro who does not take pride in the fact that it is only Mindanao, which was not colonized by Spain, or how the 45 caliber was quote-unquote improved by the U.S. experience against the Moros during the Philam War in mind. The struggle for a free Bangsamoro, I think, is longer than the Maranao epic Darangin. All modern governments try different solutions to the Moro problem, homestead, the AAA agreement, the SPCPD, uh, or I know this, 
Southern Philippines Council for Peace and Development during the time of then-President Fidel Ramos and now the Bangsamoro Organic Law, all failed. All of these programs failed because past and present governments see it as a moral problem and refuse to see really what are the problems plaguing the Moro people, that the problem is mainly economic, political, and cultural, and that militarism, chauvinism, and fooling our Moro sisters and brothers won't work. I was fortunate to know three generations of women from Kulyat Muslim Compound in Quezon City back when I was still organizing uh, migrant Moro women. One was Nanay Tarhata, who was born when the first cubs of corn in their farm was bombed. She grew up racing against bombs and bullets. She was married to a much older man. A week after she saw her first blood, she became a courageous career for the Moro rebels while taking care of her children. She survived the Gulf War and instrumental in the facilitation of the United Nations Claims Commission for the Gulf War victims, but was denied of her own claim for compensation because her papers were lost. She was a tireless Moro women's rights worker. I remember this. Uh, she was told off by the elders in the community because she led the protest against the pilot testing of ID system in her community, to which she replied, I'm brave because you are cowards. Uh, and then the second one was Nurhata. She was only 13 when she was married. Her husband, who does not earn enough, is forbidding her to earn a living. Later on, her husband took another wife. She sold her dowry, took her son with her, and went back to Mindanao. She applied to work as a domestic worker in Kuwait. And lastly, by Saura, the only daughter of a very poor family who got sick. Her father gave up on her, but the little giggling girl refused to die from severe pneumonia. All of them are victims, survivors, and fighters in their own rights. What we heard from the sharing of Ivy and Zainab is true for all of us working to end sexual violence or building communities and movement of women. It is very much like trying to weave a beautiful mandala from a very tangled mound of thread. No, you cannot cut the women's struggle for justice from the movement of people for a just society. The same way that you can measure a society's concept of justice by how it treats women. So good. Really good. That was very, very impressive. It just reminded me of how I met you. Emma, I am so glad that you brought up Nanay Tarhata because I remember when I first met you was when I was a Fulbright Fellow. You were the one who basically helped me to meet Moro women at the Kuliat Muslim compound in Quezon City. And I am so glad that now, you know, all of our, like the friendship, the siblinghood that we have is now like connecting through Bersama Sama Project, right? Because it's really a testimony of even the name of our project is Bersama Sama together in Indonesian. And I am so glad that we did an interview with our sister organization, Moro People's Corps. Napisev decided to partner with the Moro Picor due to the continued marginalization of the Moros or the Muslim Filipinos of the Philippines. Uh, the continued militarization of the Muslim areas contributed to the poverty and similar to the Christian Filipinos, there's a push for young women and girls migrating to work outside the Philippines. 
So I'm hoping that we will continue this sisterhood and we will have more conversation with Moro Picor in the future. That's for sure. So it might be too early to say, but I'll say it anyway. We are so excited about our plan of producing another podcast, this time with Zainab and Ivy. So not a lot of details yet, but it's going to focus on the work of Moro Picor and the situation, the history, struggles, and victories of the Bangsamoro people, especially Moro women and girls in the Philippines. So we are super excited. So um, so I guess this is also kind of like the beginning uh, of, you know, a continued effort because I know there are already organizations uh, in the Philippines who are doing this work where there's always this conversation between Christian Filipinos, uh, LUMAD, and also the Moro, right? So I think uh, it is important that we also continue this conversation in order for us to, to kind of just really understand each other's struggle to understand like how our struggle are deeply connected and then how can we, you know, I, I think within a united front, there's always going to be, you know, like for the betterment of all Filipinos, uh, not just Christian, not just Lumad or not just Moro. Yes, I think you're right, Mira. I think uh, we have to bring the women from Mindanao into our conversation. Because like Rochelle said, 10 out of the 20 poorest provinces are in Mindanao. So uh, if a province is poor, then we can only imagine the, the situation of women. And so that's why I think it's really very important that we bring the voice of the women from Mindanao to our uh, conversations. It's I think it's really very important. And maybe uh, in a way we could help bridge gaps between Moro and Christians uh, and the Lumads of Mindanao because they have very rich history and uh, culture. So I think it's very important for uh, Napisev's uh, work here in the Philippines. Yeah, I agree. This is why uh, Ivy and Zainab and I talked about, We I sort of uh, shared the idea of having a their own podcasts. It's because there are so many work that they're doing and so many issues. And also not all of them agree on uh, the same ideas, but uh, they're open to conversation. For example, the issue of the um, Bangsamoro Organic Law. Mm -hmm. So there are those um, during our interview. Uh, Ivy did say that for some or maybe a lot of the Moros, it is the last string of hope for them. So there are still expectations on uh, what this law will bring to the Moro people. So there are those who have totally given up on it. They're not expecting anything anymore. So it would be really good to have a conversation, for example, about that law, among many other things. Like I did mention uh, during our pre-interview that I, I am ashamed that I don't know anything or not a lot about the moral culture or the people or like earlier you guys were discussing about the Taosugs and um, the Magindanaoans. I have no idea. So um, it would be a very, very good learning experience for me. So uh, maybe when we travel to Mindanao, I will be the uh, person who will learn so much more from, from that experience. And uh, I think having a podcast with them or their own podcast, it would be like, you know, traveling there 
even if we are not able to travel. So it would be really, really good, I think. I am so excited for this future conversation. I yeah. For for more oh, work then. for us though. Mm, it's okay. <laughs> it's all good, right? It's all learning experiences for all yes, of us. Definitely. Yes. Well, okay then. Until then, see you at our next episode. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. Stay safe. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kumusta Kumare, a podcast by Natisev's Bersama-sama Project supported by the Novo Foundation. For more information about this episode and all of our previous episodes, please visit our website at napisev.org. Find us at Napisev on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't miss our upcoming episodes by hitting the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts.